Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. My guest is the talented Nicholas Brown. He's forged an international career as an actor, singer, writer and Bollywood leading man since graduating from NIDA. He's recently featured in Belvoir Street Theatre's Counting and Cracking, which won the Helpman Award for Best Play and the long-forgotten dream and still-point-turning for Sydney Theatre Company. His writing credits include Lighten Up for Griffin, The Unlisted for Aquarius Films and Tantra 2 for Playwriting Australia. In Sex Magic, he's created an experience that will be like nothing else on the Sydney stages. Please welcome Nicholas Brown. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Hi. How are you going? So um, this is a new work. Can you talk with me about the writing process and that inspiration? Absolutely. Yes. Um, for the last three years, I'd say, um, Declan Green has been dramaturg on this project. But uh, it was originally a film that I wrote way back in 2010 when I was living in India and I ended up adapting it for the theatre in about 2017 when I got uh, a writing grant from Playwriting Australia, which is now uh, Australian Plays Transform. So the story's been with me for a long, long time, but um, Griffin have been developing it for the last two years and um, it's been in Declan Green's hands for the last three years. Yeah. So... Is it based on somewhat of your life or your experience? It's it's definitely a work of fiction, but definitely parts of my journey are in this. Well, the the, the play is ultimately about a, an Aussie Indian guy who sheds his conditioning in order to reach queer utopia. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my, my journey of self-acceptance is very much um, part of this story and... Um, that has involved being in Sydney, being in India, working uh, in Bollywood and eventually returning back to Australia and, um, yeah, being comfortable in myself and who I am. And uh, this story reflects that journey in many ways. But, yeah, it is a work of fiction and it's a comedy and it's quite a ridiculous, camp, hilarious outrageous comedy um <laughs> yeah so there, there are some serious undertones to it but ultimately it's about having a laugh and it, the whole thing is quite absurd and anarchic okay so well let's talk about the title so sex and magic are we you know where is that setting and i think sex is really hard to talk about we don't really have a language so i guess where are we in this play yeah well, the play is set in Sydney and India, and while I was living in India, I became super aware that sex and sexuality, in a way, is, is frowned upon, and people don't talk about sex at all, and men and women aren't allowed to hold hands in the street, and um, there's uh, a, a moral police that go around, um, not arresting people, but telling people, you can't kiss in the street, you can't hold hands, you can't do this and that. And um, I thought it was fascinating because men in the streets in India hold hands and often sleep next to each other and cuddle up to each other. Wow. Each other. So um, I found masculinity to be very different in India compared to Australia, and I felt really... Uh, compelled to write a story about that. 
Um, and also, I just, I just, I found it so hypocritical because, uh, you know, such virtuous morality in India, uh, I found it to be hypocritical because it's the country that gave us the Kama Sutra. And um, yeah, I think I realized that those attitudes were a result of the lingering British colonialism in India, and um, that still affects legislation to this day. And uh, I wanted to write about that. Homosexuality was only legalized in India in 2018. Wow. So um, attitudes towards sex, homosexuality, gay people, trans people is is, is uh, not great in India. And I, I really would love to give a voice to queer South Asian people in this story, and I'd love it for brown queer people to see this and to feel seen and to feel accepted yeah 2018 yeah that is still yeah not so long ago i was going because that was one of the things i was going to ask has it changed in india or in australia you mean? well in india because you go back there and what you've observed of course i mean things have changed a little bit, you know, there's the, 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 there are queer storylines on Netflix TV series in India. Right. Mm -hmm. So things are getting better. There's there's not such a negative point of view in, in films and TV anymore because okay. uh, back in the day when there was a queer or trans character in any kind of TV show or film, the, the, mm. the soundtrack um, and the incidental music would change and be really dark and dangerous and... <laughs> and hellish and um, right. that's shifting you know so uh queer representation on screen in india was definitely very very uh negative and that's slowly starting to shift but i mean everyday attitudes within families it's it's still very taboo people can't come out there are many people who are still in the closet people who are still married families not accepting queer people trans people uh, you know uh there's, there are huge issues with trans people. That, uh, a lot of trans uh, people in India are called hijras, who are, uh, I guess, beggars on the, on the street, and they're um, in groups that go around and ask for money for, for uh, at weddings. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's very very different to uh, the queer scene over here because it's mm -hmm. all underground and all swept under the rug. Yeah, so I, I would love for this play to to give a voice to all of those people who are, who are living in fear, who are not accepted. Yeah, and uh, I feel brave enough at this point in my life to to tell that story and uh, to make the Indian community watch this <laughs> and to confront it because it's it, it happens and it's there and uh, it's just not talked about. Yeah. Well, the more you talk about things, that obviously the more, I guess, the conversation gets going. That's the sex. That's the sex part. I mean... Uh, we call this a, a, a tantric play as well. Our lead character, Ard Panika, goes on this tantric journey in India. Mm. So that's also the sex part as well. Uh, the lead character ends up going through this tantric course and uh, the audience go through that journey with our lead character. And it's quite hilarious, ridiculous, erotic, um, absurd. Um, so <laughs> that's definitely the sex part. But sex in the title could also mean gender as well, not oh. just the act of sex. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so, but there's more than just, like, what is that spiritual side of it? And are you also talking about, I mean, is there a loss of spirituality now, I suppose? Is it that is that sort of part of the conversation as well? I think so. Well, definitely in the, in the Western world, it seems the Western world has really adopted the idea of yoga and meditation into... <laughs> 
the mainstream and all of this comes uh, from India and uh, a, a lot of the play is uh, is uh, about cultural appropriation, I suppose. Totally. But it's yeah. dealt with in a, a very comical way and uh, yoga derives from tantra and tantric energy is about the balance between masculine and feminine energy and uh, a lot of the mythology of the play comes from two of the Indian deities um in indian in hinduism which is uh shiva and shakti and uh, a deity that is created from the balance between the two of those deities it's, it's hard to explain but there, there's a, there's an indian deity called adhanarishvara who was created from the union of goddess shakti and um lord shiva and i think a lot of queer people see this indian deity as um as a a figure to, to look up to because I, I see this figure as trans because that deity is half male, half female. Mm -hmm. And I think Indian mythology, I, I find to be often very queer, quite magical, very, very sexual. And I, I've compared this to Christianity as well, because oh. so much of our Western foundations come from Christianity. And uh, obviously that all comes from, paternal figure you know jesus or god which is uh he's usually seen as a male and um indian mythology the gods and deities all change sex it's very sexual it's very fluid and i think that that has affected masculinity in a way so the play comments on on that as well and compares the two the, the western world and the eastern world okay so you're comparing the worlds are you also um from what i read the Kathakali type of theatre? What is that? Yeah. So basically, I've tried to mess with, I guess, the Western form of storytelling. And uh, rather than a play in two acts or three acts, I've um, divided this play into nine sections. And in Kathakali theatre, there are nine rasas, they're called nine emotions, and those nine emotions are told through facial expressions. Oh. And Kathakali uh, is, a, is an ancient Indian form of theatre and dance where the story is told through eye movements. And so in Kathakali, there are nine rasas, nine eye movements, which express different emotions. So I've divided the play into nine emotions. Wow. And Ard Panika, who was our lead character, his father is from Kerala, where Kathakali originated. He ends up going on his tantric journey in Kerala. And there's a, an aspect of the story um, where he, I, I don't want to give too much of the story away, no, but Kathakali becomes uh, an important part of the story and the storytelling and helps Ard connect with himself, his queer self and with his, uh, his father. Okay. What are some of those nine? You don't have to tell me them all, but what are the nine emotions? Are they, is this sort of a holistic look at life? Not so much. No, that uh, some of the nine are love, horror, jealousy. Oh, could you describe the, um, the, the eyes for me? Like I can see what horror is. <laughs> Imagine it at least. Basically the, these amazing Katakali actors have their faces painted and they usually they usually play uh, different deities as well. And for example, uh, the Rasa love is uh, moving your eyebrows 
up and down quite fast and moving your eyes from side to side. Disgust is um, when your face is moved, your, your mouth is moved downwards and your eyes move from side to side. So they, they're all ancient wow. um, facial expressions and Kathakali dancers for years have been using coconut oil to lubricate their eyes in order to, to tell the story. It's a really quite a fascinating art form. And when I first went to Kerala many, many years ago, my dad is South Indian. I felt um, a very, very strong connection to this form of, mm. of theatre and dance. And I, I strangely understood a lot about myself and my connection to theatre and to um, to spirituality because most of the Katakali plays are mythical plays that are about deities and uh I don't know, I just felt, uh, uh, I understood my culture, my history, my bloodline um, a lot more than I ever did when I was living in Australia. So it was quite an amazing moment walking into that Kathakali theatre and seeing these nine emotions and these amazing actors on stage expressing mm. their story and their myths through their eyes. And um, that was, uh, that, that's a huge part of this this play as well. Wow. So that, how are you writing this into the play and like take me a little bit more into this transformation it sounds like he's going on or a self-acceptance that's personal journey well ard is i don't want to give too much of the story away sure. but when we meet uh, ard <laughs> our lead character he's having these strange fits after he comes back from india after he does this tantric spiritual course, basically. And uh, it's it, there's very much a mystery narrative and the audience are trying to figure out why he's having these fits. And it can't be explained by Western medicine what the fits are. And there are these you know, facial expressions in his eyes and in his face, these twitches, I suppose. And the audience uh, taken on a journey trying to figure out what these fits are. And those fits tie in with his history, his queerness, and with a, a, a very bizarre Kathakali storyline. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to give too much more away. Okay. Uh, but uh, his art's illness... Um, and these facial twitches and fits that he's having ties in with the Kathakali Russes and emotions. Okay. And you're saying it's humorous and I can kind of feel that, the sense of that. Is it? Is it something you can describe how to write something, something comically? I always set out to write something that was very, very different. A lot of my writing defies genres in a way. Um, mm. And this, I mean, I guess you'd describe it as a, psychosexual mystery comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i wasn't thinking about a genre when writing it i was thinking okay. about what i want audiences to feel when they walk out and i would love audiences to question themselves question their sexuality question their gender ask themselves have i been programmed have i been conditioned who was mm. i conditioned by and what would happen if i was to shed that conditioning and our lead character uh, sheds his conditioning and finds himself in what we're calling queer utopia in the play because we've all been conditioned in in so many ways and um indians have been conditioned as well of course everyone in the world has been conditioned and so this is about decolonizing our minds and our spirits and our uh, our bodies and um our lead character goes on that journey and it's quite mm. a rollicking ridiculous <laughs> comedic <laughs> absurd journey i'd love and audiences to, to go on that journey with him and to 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 question um if they're confronted by the sexuality of this play and my guess is that a lot of indian audiences will be confronted mm. uh 
I love them to question why. Why are you mm. confronted? Have you been conditioned to feel shame in regards to sex? Do you feel shame? And why? Sex is natural. And sex was a huge part of Indian spirituality. You know, when you mm. look at Christianity, sex is not a part of Christianity at all. But Indian mythology and Hinduism, a lot of it derives from sex and from the, the union of different deities. And um, sex is a huge part of it. So um, I would love audiences to question if they feel shame and why they feel that shame i think it's absolutely universal i mean the i think and a lot of it is to do with t being able to talk about it in the language to talk about sex i think that is why it's not talked about when to, with children as you grow up it's not sort of part of your life until it's sort of late and all that language isn't hasn't been developed and then shame is a huge part of it. it's not yeah it's specifically yeah the, um, the, cultural that when you you know when, when guys yeah. start getting erections when they're teenagers that's a bad thing or when you're having you know sexual thoughts that's a bad thing and and mm. you know i don't think that's a bad thing and many people don't think that as well so mm. uh, yeah to de-shame unshame themselves <laughs> by watching this play love it <laughs> love it love it um so I know that, I mean, this is obviously, you know, in Sydney, but do you imagine it's something that, is there a, is there a subculture in India? Like, is there somewhere, could you imagine it being performed in India? Oof. I think it would look, <laughs> who knows? It, 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 it might be one day I'd be worried about, uh, <laughs> about the police shutting it down because or what uh what society would do because so often if a group of uh, people disapprove of something they'll be burning effigies of the person in the streets the next day at posters and banners um wow it, it, I, I didn't write it to be performed in india to be honest um mm. but if there was a director brave enough to do it sure by all means yeah uh, but yeah it, it's not yeah. a safe territory it doesn't feel mm. safe it feels quite dangerous and um I, well, I guess that's the whole point of being an artist you know to to lean into fear and to do things that are dangerous you know and to interrogate things that are that are real um yeah yeah who knows yeah. <laughs> who knows what will happen the future is uh yet to be seen but in the meantime it's a, it seems like a perfect setting and co you're co-directing with Declan Green which sounds like a very nice great pairing actually tell me your cast they sound terrific so we've got uh Catherine Van Davies Blazy Best Raj Labaday Stephen Madsen Vishnu a uh, a beautiful uh South Indian Sri Lankan performer who is just absolutely incredible, a uh, beautiful classical dancer we've got in this show. Uh, Mansur Noor as well, Stephen Madsen, I think I said. Yeah, we've got a, a wonderful cast. Terrific. Nicholas Brown, thank you so much for joining me. That's all right. Lovely, always lovely chatting. <laughs> and that was Nicholas Brown, the playwright and co-director of Sex Magic, playing at Griffin Theatre until the 25th of March. <laughs>